What about outside linebacker? I know it seems silly to even ask, but it's a real thing. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Get some help for TJ Watt, parentheses, and for Alex Highsmith, end parentheses. I find it a little strange that, at least from my perspective, it seems like there's not anywhere near as much discussion about the backup outside linebackers as there is, say, you know, backup running back or an additional defensive lineman. But if you get right down to it and you start ripping through the depth chart at every position, the one that's the scariest, arguably, is the one where you have your best player. Watt, of course, holds down one side, Highsmith the other. But after that, you're looking at Jannard Avery, who's, you know, he's a backup and he's not a backup who's the caliber of Melvin Ingram. And then you've got Derek Tuska, who I think is going to be the third guy, at least as camp is currently constructed. But that doesn't excite me either. Yeah, he had some splash late last season when he got in, sack, forced fumble, but he didn't do anything that would really separate him from, let's say, the best version of an Anthony Ciccolo. And and I'm not saying this to to cut up on Chick. I know that was a popular thing when he was with the Steelers, but I just don't see something from Tuska where I go, okay, there's another level there. There's something else that he can grow into. Maybe he can. I'm not ruling it out, but I I don't see it. And one thing that I don't think comes across to the casual fan of the team, that obviously uh, doesn't include people who would press play on a podcast with this title, is that TJ specifically rotates a lot and demands it. Uh, We hear the term tap out. And we see it as a negative. Oh, so-and-so, he taps out all the time. Taps out, taps out. Usually we're talking about running backs. TJ does tap out all the time. Why? Because he knows that he's got the best chance of making the type of play that's needed from him if he commits to a certain number of plays, if he commits to a certain level of energy when he's on the football field. Never forget that TJ's single greatest strength as a truly elite defensive player is the energy level. It was the first thing I noticed about him when he stepped out there as a rookie. I just, wow, this guy's got a motor. It's unbelievable. And he never quits. Well, he actually Uh, quits isn't the right word, but he does take himself off the field. And as such, there are X number of snaps that have to be covered by the coordinator, which means that not only do you need another outside linebacker in case, no, don't even, right? (laughs) But you also need one just over the course of a normal game. They have to be part of your normal defensive scheme. And because your normal defensive scheme in the 3-4 or sub-packages or whatever invariably depends on a heavy and effective 
pass rush. That's got to be a real player for you out there. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying. Whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. So what everyone would want to know after bringing up a subject like this, who? Who is there? The answer to that most likely develops either late in the preseason or after the preseason when you start seeing the final camp cuts. That's when even good players can be out there to be had. And the good players are going to be looking for a place where, first and foremost, they can play. They can get into a rotation. Not every team handles the OLB rotation the way the Steelers do, so they offer something there that maybe another team might not. Another advantage in this process, potentially, is that Brian Flores, if you didn't know this, is going to be, actually is already, the outside linebackers coach in addition to his other somewhat nebulous title of defensive assistant. Everyone knows Flores is going to be a really big part of the Steelers' defense, regardless of his title. Mike Tomlin has said so. Flores has acknowledged it. Terrell Austin, the actual defensive coordinator, has acknowledged it as well. Now, Flores, of course, having been a head coach in Miami, might have some names of his own to offer, guys who caught his eye, guys who fit with the kind of style that he likes to play or that he expects from his OLBs. And that's also a plus. Now, whether or not Tomlin can get over being burned by Ingram and his behavior from last season is another matter. For those who've forgotten, Tomlin... Uh, had There wasn't really a, a snarky response, but after Ingram decided he no longer wanted to be with the Steelers in midseason and Tomlin came back with the standard uh, we want volunteers, not hostages line, there was an additional admission on Tomlin's part that this is why we prefer to do things in-house. We want to find out about guys while they're here, while they're under our roof, and bring them up our way. If that sounds a little bit arrogant or conceited or whatever, that the Steelers are superior to everybody else, you should know that all 32 teams say things exactly like that. And it's not necessarily deprecating to the other teams. It's just that they have a certain way. John Harbaugh has a certain way. And you never know until you have that person and things start getting serious whether or not they'll fit in. I strongly suspect Tomlin would be able to overcome any such reservation if this player would come with the additional blessing of Flores and or Austin, who's been around the league himself a little bit. But I, I just feel like it's got to be somebody. I feel like it's got to be somebody from the outside I don't look at this current group, and yes, I know Tuzar Skipper is back, and yes, I know Tuzar Skipper is going to roll heads in the preseason and everybody's going to glow and gush about him, but there's a reason probably that Tuzar has stuck on any roster in the NFL to date. Just go get better at the position. We know 
the cap space is there. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Welcome back. It's time for J1Q, and today's comes from Dave, who asks, DK, there's been nary a mention of James Pierre since his brief flurry of activity last season. Has his usefulness as a regular contributor on defense ship sailed? First of all, I love the wording of a lot of this, but especially nary. Anytime you can drop a nary on someone, you have to seize that opportunity. James Pierre doesn't get mentioned. You know who else doesn't get mentioned? Justin Lane. It feels like the ship has sailed on these guys, these kids, I should say, kind of younger in more ways than one, and that they will, in turn, have to become really, really good at special teams in order to stick in the NFL. Now, if you look at the cornerback situation, and you see Akella Witherspoon on one side, Levi Wallace on the other, Cam Sutton probably moving back to the inside, but obviously capable of sliding outside, if someone were to go down or there were to be a performance issue, you've really got Cam Sutton as your depth. I don't believe that you would see Lane or Pierre out there in the event that Witherspoon or Wallace were to fall out. And, you know, I don't know how much this matters. I know that there's a a growing discussion that the – Steelers need to do more for their cornerback depth. I, I I feel like that's more a result of boxes being checked the whole way down the list. You know what I mean? Um, the big thing on defense was obviously finding a way to replace Stefan to it. Well, Larry Ogunjobi's been signed. And as you keep going through some of these, and I just mentioned in the opening segment, outside linebacker, as that gets done, maybe you do look at corner. It's a position I've mentioned multiple times in recent episodes, and I, I think there's something else to be had there. This is where you start thinking about Joe Hayden, and I don't want to engage in wishful thinking here because that's what it feels like it would take for Joe to come back. Uh, this is a proud Proud individual, and rightly so. He's had a heck of an NFL career. And he's going to have to take a monstrous pay cut, I think, to just keep playing. Never mind coming back here. 
where he'd almost certainly not be a starter in any setting barring multiple injuries. So then if you're Joe, do you prioritize, you know, an extra million here or extra million there? Or do you go to a team that just stinks at corner and could really use somebody like Joe right now? Because he can still play. I don't know that he can still start, meaning over 17 games in playoffs. But there's not much doubt that Joe can still play. That's part of what's got to be at least a little bit exasperating for, for him right now. He didn't fall off any cliff. And his situation reminds me a lot of Vince Williams. You know what I mean? Vince didn't have a fall off in his performance, certainly nothing precipitous. And yet, along came one offseason where nobody wanted to pay him. Kevin Colbert smartly recognized that, eventually ended up cutting Vinny, and his pay went from $4 million to $1 million when he decided he wanted to come back to the Steelers, and then he realized he didn't want to come back. That was the end of that. It's not easy to take big pay cuts for guys like this. I don't even know that it's about the money. I think it's just about stature. You know, I think it's about, hey, I was respected at this level just a year ago, and now you're telling me I'm this? It just doesn't add up in my head. So I know this isn't what you asked. Uh, you asked about James Pierre. James Pierre looked like he had a chance. He was given a chance, uh, a vocal and verbal chance by Mike Tomlin at about two or three months into the last offseason when he was singled out as being the guy that was on top of the depth chart there. It just didn't seize it. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Corner's a weird position. You don't know what you have in somebody until you start to see them fail. And then you see how they react to failure. And it's hard to gauge that in off-season, even college film. You've got to fail at the NFL level. And then they figure out what they've got one way or the other. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 